We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Kimberly Brown. She's the founder and CEO of Manifest Yourself, author of Next Move, Best Move, and host of Your Next Move podcast. Kimberly is an expert in career and leadership development, and her mission is to help women and people of color navigate the workplace, make more money, and become industry leaders. Kimberly is also a co-creator of Lean In's Allyship at Work, which I love to facilitate. I express my gratitude to her for her work, and that is how we met. What I appreciate most about you, Kimberly, is your radiant energy and your powerful passion. You really want to help women and people of color, and while doing so, you help everyone. Welcome to ROG, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to connect and learn more. So could you share some of your background, like where were you raised or what are some of the key steps on your journey to now? Oh gosh. So let's go back, back. So I was raised in a very small town in Connecticut. It's called Bolton. Um, Extremely small, like 64 kids in my graduating class in high school. Um, Very, very small. Um, But it wasn't a very diverse area, which I think that's where a lot of my passion for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging comes from. I was one of the few minorities in the entire school, probably one of the few families in the entire town. Um, So when I went to college, I was just very passionate about finding people who looked like me and helping folks who are people of color, especially women. Fast forward to graduating, I spent nearly about 10 years in career development in university career services. And I loved it. I joke and I tell people that's my foundation. And I've worked with folks who are age 18 who don't know what to do with their entire lives, all the way through folks who are in their 50s and 60s looking to take all of their experiences and do something fun that brings them joy. I also spent a stint in corporate where I was the director of global diversity talent acquisition strategy. So from the corporate side, I've worked with organizations to help them recruit, retain, and promote women and people of color across the globe. So that's kind of the the skinny on how I've gotten into leadership development. Mm, Excellent. And you've been on your own for how long now? So my business was founded, I think I incorporated in 2017, but I joke and say I was playing on the internet since 2013. Um, But um, I officially went full-time in May, 2021. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and the kind of services you offer. So there's a few different sides. So there's B2B and there's B2C. So for the consumer side, I'm offering one-on-one and group coaching where I have leadership development programs to really empower the individual in the workplace, to teach them what they need to know to combat anything that they have going on in the workplace and really just advocate for themselves. And on the B2B side, that's where I really do longer-term consulting arrangements where we're building out diversity, equity, and inclusion plans. We're doing inclusive hiring, talking about recruiting, um, and more partnerships on that side. Oh, that's awesome. One of my new favorite gifts to give people is a membership to your Next Move, Best Move community. Because, yeah, it is good, Kimberly. Thank you. Yeah, so many people reach out for career coaching, and I'm an executive coach, so I'm really not the best person for opportunities like that. But when I found your work, 
I thought, oh my goodness. So your book is going into every graduation gift I will be giving Ooh, I love forevermore. It. I love so it. So it's just, it's wonderful that you've created this for people. I so appreciate it. I call it like the magic middle because I feel like after graduation, like those first few jobs, you're just excited to work, period. Um, but my people who are in the Next Move, Best Move community, they're more of that they're either in their first management job ever um, or aspiring managers or like me almost. I feel like when I got into into my career, I was someone who really went fast and was climbing the ladder, but I was really young. Um, So when I was in uh, job search processes and really competing, one of the reasons why I turned out as number two was because someone just had so much more experience than me because they were just older. So that magic middle, I always say, is probably a really mature 27 to almost a like 42 to 45 year old person who has been in the same role for way too long and just wasn't able to climb appropriately. And now they're just like, yeah, everybody's making more money than me. And I need to finally climb versus just staying in the same role for 10 years plus. Yes. So helpful and necessary, especially now with all of the changes that people are inviting themselves to for career changes, you know, the whole great resignation or that you know, that perspective, I think, that people have gained in the last two years about what really matters and, you know, what do I actually want to do with the talents and strengths that I've been given? So in this book, you have this chapter called Relationships Are Still Everything. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the book and that chapter. Yeah, so the tagline of the book after is transitioning into a career you'll love. And I say that this book really helps you take it back. Let's reset, understand where you are, what are your skills, what do you want to continue to use, what do you need to stop doing, think about your core values in the workplace, really curate your personal and professional brand, connect with professional organizations. And of course, think about relationships. And at the end of the book, you put together your own two-year career strategy to make your next move, whatever is the most logical for you. But that chapter, relationships are still everything. I I said that because we heard like, like it's your, what do they say? It's your network, not your net worth and all those things. And it's gotten overplayed. So everyone's like, I know, I know, I know. But the reality is they're not building the types of relationships that they need. So in that chapter, I break it down into a few categories. I say that people need coaches. Sometimes I call them teachers, the person who can literally teach you how to do something. I've had folks pull my coattails and teach me how to present better to executives or how to make that pivot table or how to navigate a specific conversation. They're your peers or colleagues. Those are the folks who are day-to-day with you in the workplace. Then you have the mentors and the sponsors. So mentors are the folks who've been there, done that. Literally, they have done your job before. So they can help you navigate that with ease. You talk to them more frequently. Sometimes you get feedback. And the sponsors, that's the conversation we're having a lot more about. And I tell my clients, those are the folks who can pick you up from where you are and put you where you rightfully belong. And the difference with them is that they have the power and influence to do that. Sometimes mentors won't have, do have that. Sometimes peers won't have that. But that sponsor, they literally can walk into a room and say, we need to give this person that job. We need to help them move to the next level. And people will listen. That's the biggest difference. And that's one of the core relationships that are important when someone's looking to navigate the world of work. Yes. And do you recommend that people have all three? Mm-hmm. All of them. I think you need people across the board. And you also need folks who are internal and external to your organization. Sometimes we work so hard in our organization, we forget the whole entire world. And I've had clients where maybe their boss leaves who was never supposed to leave. And now they have a boss who they don't like. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want to leave. 
but they have no relationships outside. So I always want folks to have the internal and external perspective because you never know where you want to go, right? So you need to have relationships everywhere so that you're able to pivot. Now, you don't need a million relationships. You don't need to have like a Facebook friends list full of people. That's five, six, 700 people. But you just need really good folks in each of those four categories. Mm, Absolutely. And do you recommend that people seek mentors that they just hope that, you know, the right people come their way? And also about sponsorship. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to attract a sponsor, right? How to be sponsorable. I love that. So I thoroughly believe that you definitely seek out mentors. You may naturally get some people say, oh, my boss is a mentor. But for some folks, their boss is not. Their boss just wants them to get their work done. So I definitely think you should seek out mentors. But I tell folks, you don't necessarily need to ask. You can build a really great relationship with someone and they can serve as a mentor. But you haven't said, will you be my mentor? So I completely think that's possible. I think it's really targeting the people who you would almost like to emulate or who you feel like could help you navigate your day-to-day work and assignments. Over time, you'll start to build that relationship and it'll be fruitful. One of my mentors always says, like, you don't want to make an ask until it's at least been a year. So you don't want to meet someone at one time and then the next time you're like, hey, can you refer me to this job? I tell my clients that you want a good referral. And if you don't have a good relationship, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, so I met this person at that event. We had one coffee chat. Mm -hmm. You know, you should probably talk to him. But, you know, I don't really know them like that. You get the caveat just in case that person's crazy and a bad referral. You want the referral where it's guaranteed, like they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that's the person. Now, for sponsors, I think the core facet there is doing good work. Sponsors generally want to help. They're passionate about pulling people up behind them. So doing great work where you are is key. Now, your sponsor may not be able to talk to you every day, every month, maybe not even once a quarter. They're really to come in and help you hit that grand slam. So doing great work and maximizing your time when you're in front of them and maximizing your exposure to that person, which may not be the coffee chat, but maybe it's presenting on a call. It's getting on a high profile project. It's figuring out what ways you can impress this person to allow them to sponsor you. And once they've seen you a few times, maybe have that coffee chat, or then you can make the ask and see if they'd be able to write a letter of reference or reach out to someone on your behalf. Mm, Great advice. So what do you recommend for people who are doing great work, but they're just that best kept secret at the moment? You don't ever want to be a best kept secret. Ever, ever, Mm -hmm. ever. That's when relationships are really important. And I always recommend, how can you get on a stretch project? How can you start attending professional development events? I am a big believer in professional development organizations or professional associations to start getting your name out there and meeting new people. But when you are the best kept secret, it's all about exposure. So better relationships, professional organizations, high profile projects, and also just advocating for yourself a little bit more in the workplace. Figure out what is your strategy? Where do you want to go? Who can help you get there? And how can you magnify that message to your leaders, to your skip leaders, so people are aware of what your aspirations are versus just being excited for you to be working on their projects because you can execute really well. When we come back, Kimberly will share how she witnessed generosity at work. Hello. 
I'm Joe Panfield, President and CEO of the T. Howard Foundation. We fulfill our mission to increase diversity in the media industry by offering college students paid internships with major media companies. As a result of their internship experience, nearly 200 of our interns are hired every year in communications, marketing, and even on-air talent. For more information about our program, visit t-howard.org. And we're back with more from Kimberly Brown, founder and CEO of Manifest Yourself. So on the topic of mentoring, what are some of the ways that you have seen individuals be generous leaders in the workplace? So I think there's this simple way of looking at it. You know, when you're in a conference room, well, you know, with the pandemic, you may not be in a conference room, but when you're on Zoom and you see people in the room and you notice that someone isn't speaking up or someone kept on getting cut off, there's a simple way of saying, hey, I think Rachel wanted to say something. Rachel, do you mind chiming in here? I think there's ways to do it like that, but there's also ways behind the scenes. It's I know for me, if I see someone who I feel like has great potential in the workplace, I'll generally pull them aside. Hey, do you want some help on how to do this? Or what is your next move? How can I help you and advocate for you to get there? I think it's where can you find a need that you feel comfortable fulfilling and really almost hand selecting the folks who you want to work with. I tell my clients as a mentor, the only thing I ever want to see is you win. I get paid through seeing you win. So when I see someone with great potential, I figure out, well, is that in an area that I can help you win? And if so, how can we have coffee chats? How can we have a regular cadence of meetings? Even if it's doing someone's resume, right? When you're in the career world, I think people assume you just do resumes all day. I hate doing resumes for the record, but if I know that's what you need and you're a close friend, then I'll do it for you if I know that's what's going to help you break through whatever door you need to break into. But it's really about finding that need where you feel you can serve. So helpful. So as a mentor, as a coach, and a person who is really supporting women and people of color in the workplace, what are some of the things that you've been hearing are needs where, where do people need the most support? So I think Harvard Business Review has a statistic about this. And they talk about how women and people of color are the least sponsored in the workplace. And that has, is a, that has a direct correlation to being able to move up in the workplace when you don't have sponsorship. Because essentially, you're still doing that grind it out. You know, hopefully they'll see me do really great work. You may have some mentors to kind of help you navigate a little bit. But that sponsorship is really what can go leaps and bounds to help you move up to where you should be. That is the biggest thing that women and people of color need in the workplace right now. Many times when I do coaching in organizations, I have a combination of working with the individual and the not senior role and then working with their managers. And the managers are always like, well, you know, I am I feel like I'm doing great work. They're doing really good. Like, what can I do to help? And I'm like, the biggest thing you can do to help is figure out how you can sponsor, how you can sponsor individuals and how can you get more connected with people in your organization? Especially when we're talking about very senior executive leaders um, reporting to the CEO or one step away from reporting to the CEO. We know those leaders are so busy, so busy. And I know the, the magic middle, like I call it, they always think that those leaders are disconnected, right? Because they're so, so, so high up. They don't necessarily have the time to come down and speak to people in other pieces of the organization. They literally most of the time only talk to their direct reports. So I tell those leaders, how can you come down, even if you're just doing roundtables, every once in a while to do a pulse check 
And there's generally a few gems who you will meet in that room. You're like, gosh, Brian was incredible. How can I have more conversations? How can I learn more? And that's, I think, the edge that executive leaders are generally missing. Generally missing is getting in tune with that population who's not their direct reports. I'd even challenge them to go two to three steps down. The people who are literally doing the work, who don't get to be in the meeting. And that's how executive leaders can really work to find more sponsorship. It's both parties coming together in the middle so that it helps both sides. Brilliant advice. I love this, Kimberly. So how about you in your own career? Who has sponsored you or how have you benefited from the generosity of others? Oh my gosh, I have phenomenal mentors and sponsors, Um, especially in higher ed when I was there for nearly 10 years. I think one of the biggest opportunities I had was when I was in higher ed, um, I was a part of an organization called NACE, so a National Association of Colleges and Employers. And I got accepted into a leadership advancement program. And in that program, you got matched with a mentor. So this is a formal program. But my mentor, once she learned what I was doing inside of work with my business, all of my pursuits, she connected me with multiple people. And those people have all helped me in various areas of my career, how to like drill in on certain things to make sure I had the right level of exposure and the right level of information. His advice was incredible. I thank him in the end of my book too. So I'm very fortunate in that when I do great work for one company or within one part of the company, I I get passed around to other areas. Mm, That's such a great sign of success. And you know, the the way to see the real impact that you're making is that other people want other organizations to have the same kind of support. I, I love hearing that. And to remember that, you know, you have to be sponsorable. Yes. And you're saying that you do great work and then, you know, the rest kind of follows. It's all about trust. If people can't trust you to replicate the great work that you did, they won't sponsor you. Right. That is so true. So in your opinion, what are the rewards of being a generous leader? What's the ROI of, or ROG, so to speak? So I think this is a two-part answer that I have. So I think part of it is like the internal, the internal feeling of knowing you did a good job. I think when I go to sleep every single night and I think about the teams that I've managed, I want to feel like I was a good person. I want to know that my team respects me, that my team is excited about their work, that my team is excited to work with me. Every single day, you know, there's hard days, right? I think the mark of a good leader is when your team, like, you know, this day sucked. Let's just call a spade a spade. It sucked. I probably would use some four-letter words in there because sometimes it, you know, beep, beep, beep. You know, really sucked. (laughs) Yes. But when you have a good leader, that leader is able to help you want to come back into work the next day. And I like knowing that I try to do that to the best of my ability for my team. I don't believe necessarily that your team should feel like family. I feel like that's a little toxic. Um, It doesn't need to feel like family. We're all here to get paid and do our work. Um, But having that sense of belonging, I think, is really important on any team. And I also just believe in giving back. Um, I really believe in giving back. Like You are where you are for with whatever attributes that got you there, whether it's sponsors or mentors or your own grit. So how can you give back? How can you be generous by shortcutting someone else's success? 
I, when I have mentees, what I tell them is like, if there's two forks in the road, you know, one has lions, tigers, and bears, and one has daisies and lilies. If I can help you do the daisies and lilies, so you didn't have to go through the lions, tigers, and bears that I went through, we all have objectives. We have KPIs. We have deliverables. We have scorecards, dashboards, all those lovely things. But how could you understand the people portion? I remember during the pandemic with one of my teams, um, first, I hired a lot of people during the pandemic, so they'd never been in the office. When I had to go back and get my things, I remember taking pictures of the office so people could see where they would have gone every single day. Um, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Like literally I took pictures and put together a Word document of, you would have came in here. You would have got lunch here just so they can see. And then we had a particularly brutal like three months. It was bad. Um, and the world was opening up just a little bit in New York City. And I sent an email to the team. I was like, hey, um, off the record, like off the record, I'm paying for it myself. I want to take y'all to dinner. Um, if you are uncomfortable coming, do not come. This is off the company thing, nothing. I'm not using the company credit card. This is us as friends coming together. I'm like, I feel like y'all need it. And I took everybody out and it really brought the team morale up so much. So, so much. And that was just me as a leader saying, hey, like, I know they need something. If we were in the office, we would have had drinks every night of the week, every night, but we can't do that. You just go home and you're just stressed out. So how can I bring folks together? And I knew they all wanted to really meet each other. So they all came. We were so excited. We social distanced, did the whole thing. And it's like, this is off the record, not mandatory, but everybody came and it really helped the team out. I think it's just that intuitiveness. Like how can you, for me, it was just taking the team out for other people. It could be giving them a day off, letting people leave a little early, being, I had a global job. So I'd be on the phone sometimes at 5 a.m. to get the India market. Sometimes I'd be on at 7 p.m. when I was speaking to Australia. So it was crazy knowing that. And when my team had to do it, I was like, okay, well, tomorrow don't come on until 11. I know you were talking to Australia last night to eight, nine o'clock. Don't log on until 11 tomorrow. It's just thinking about how can you give back to your team just to keep that morale up. Yes. What I'm hearing you say, Kimberly, is it's like an, an an addendum to the golden rule, right? The golden rule is that we want to do unto others as we want to be done unto, which is a great rule related to transparency, trust, honesty, follow through. But what you're saying too is end the platinum rule, right? The do unto others as they want to be done unto. That thoughtfulness of like what... How do they want to receive feedback? How would they want me to communicate with them? What feels like praise to them? I think that is so important. And I don't think we haven't heard that before. So all of our guests share a favorite quote or mantra. What is yours, Kimberly? Gosh, so my favorite mantra, I developed it years and years and years ago. And I use it for myself. I use it for my clients, um, my company. So I always say, you must believe in yourself and your vision. When you do this, you will manifest the life you desire. Because many times in the workplace, when you're thinking about climbing whatever ladder you want, corporate, nonprofit, anything, if you don't believe in the vision you have for yourself, you're not going to be able to get there. You're going to actively take steps not in support of yourself because there's a piece of you that does not understand or does not feel like that vision is possible for you. You have to believe that you are capable, you are able, and you can get there. Right now, I have a business coach and he told me just last week, so my homework was to look at my limiting beliefs and create liberating truths for each and every one of those. And my homework for the 
14 days, I put them up on one of my kitchen cabinets that I have to go because the coffee's in there. So I have to look at it every single day and I recite them every single day. He's like, I need you to do this for 14 days to just focus on your liberating truths to help you change your your mindset around these things. Now, people may say, this is woo-woo, it's corny. I'm not going to do these affirmations. I I use them. Uh, You can call them liberating truths. You can call them belief statements. You can call them affirmations. You can call it hyping yourself up, whatever you want to call it. But the reality is that we all have this like tape record just going over and over in our minds when we walk into rooms, when we do certain things, whether we want it to be there or not. So we need to make it positive. And it's not just enough to do it in the moment all the time. We have to practice. It takes time. And when you restate these limiting beliefs, these liberating beliefs, liberating truths um, or affirmations or all these things, it helps you change that message that's going in your mind, which helps you believe in your vision, which allows you to make that your reality over time. Mm, Powerful. Believe in yourself and your vision, right? I want everyone to hear that. Believe in yourself and your vision. And when you do this, you manifest the life that you desire and deserve and are worthy of, right? This is what you're saying to us. So do you have an example of one of your liberating truths that we can borrow? Oh gosh. So one of my limiting beliefs is around my company. So like you're in leadership development. I'm in leadership development. I can name a whole bunch of people in leadership development. And I've told myself, I'm like, well, why is my company even needed? Like there's so many, so many other people, like they're going to do it better than me. They're going to get more clients. Like I'm just going to be, you know, under a bridge homeless, like, because I just can't get enough clients. So my liberating truth is that my company has unique value to bring into the world that is unmatched. So it doesn't matter who else is doing whatever it is, I'm unique and it's unmatched, so therefore I will be successful. Absolutely, I so believe that. So I want everyone listening to get more from what you're sharing. I want everyone to subscribe to your podcast and to get your book. So what what is the best way for people to find you, Kimberly? Perfect. So if you go to KimberlyBonline.com, you can find everything that I'm doing there. If you want it even more simple because you want the book, you can go to nextmovebestmovebook.com. The podcast is Your Next Move with Kimberly Brown. And brand spanking new, I'm a columnist for The Cut with New York Magazine. And I have a bi-weekly column called Your Next Move as well. So look for that. And I'm always giving career tips, advice, and I'm on all the usual places with Kimberly Be Online, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the places. So you can... You can track me down if you Google it. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. That'll all be in the show notes for everybody. I so appreciate you investing your invaluable time with us, Kimberly, and sharing some of your encouragement and truth. I'm so grateful for you and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Shan. I'm so happy to be here. Our OG takeaway tip how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Kimberly shared so many nuggets. Here are a few to consider for ourselves. Mentoring. How are you sharing your lived experiences to help others on their journey? As Kimberly said, there are two roads. One is painful and the other is not as much. Both roads lead to the desired outcome. If you've traveled the painful road, How can you mentor others and guide them toward the other road? What's an example of a life lesson that you've learned the hard way that you could share with others? Sponsors. 
Who sponsors you? What indicators do you have to inform you that you are perceived as sponsorable? And who's your champion? Find ways to confirm that belief. And if you don't yet have a sponsor, who either knows your value or ought to know your value? We've all heard it said that it's about who you know. I would add to that. It's all about who knows that you know what you know. There's a key consideration here that's true for all professionals at every level. Are you sponsorable? Are you delivering value in a consistent, positive, tangible, and meaningful way that makes you the kind of person others want to sponsor? That's on each of us. We must give others the substance and material to help them fly our flag and remember us when it matters most. Be sponsorable. Lastly, Kimberly's quote really spoke to me. You must believe in yourself and your vision. When you do this, you will manifest the life you desire. You must believe in yourself, your vision, what you want. What are your limiting beliefs? What are those imposter syndrome lies that you keep telling yourself? How can you transition them into liberating truths? What do you want to believe? What do you need to believe? What's the honest truth? Start by writing down your limiting beliefs and then ask yourself, what would need to be true for that to be a lie? That's your new liberating truth. Liberate yourself. This week, recognize who could benefit from your mentoring. Share your wisdom with them. Self-assess how sponsorable you are and believe in yourself and your vision. Believe in you. Please join us next week for special guest Pamela Slim. Until next week, make your next move your best move and stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.